What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Astros Baseball. My special guest today is Ryan Spader. Ryan, welcome to the show, sir. I really appreciate you having me. So currently Ryan is driving, but he uh, is gracious enough to give some of his time to us. I reached out to him on Twitter, and uh, so anyway, I appreciate it. So what I've seen so far on your uh, bio, you graduated from Penn State with a uh, major in economics, and then you're retired hedge fund manager and why is the why is retired in quotation marks because I, I i didn't actually retire i did that for five years after graduating college and um i was having some success with it you know it's all numbers so it's kind of my thing and then uh i decided to quit because i didn't find it challenging i i didn't enjoy particularly enjoy my job um not so much the people that I was working with. I just didn't really care for uh, the atmosphere of corporate America and the phoniness it brings out in some people. And so I, I decided to call it quit and uh, do something that I always wanted to do and join the uh, United States Marine Corps. So when did you join the Marine Corps? Just May 10th, 2015. We're approaching five years to the day. I actually... Uh, this Thursday, I pick up my uh, end of active end of active service papers. Oh wow! Uh, my son's in the Navy. I think he's been in there for about six years. He's stationed in San Diego right now. He was in Guam for a long time, and uh, they're they're getting ready to test everybody so they can ship them out. But so yep. anyway, we appreciate you. We appreciate your service. And why did you choose the Marines? Uh, for me, I never had any other option. I, I just always wanted to be a Marine. Um, I, I never thought, uh, I, I, you know how the, the Marines are, right? They, they, they kind of like, not necessarily to talk down on the other services, but uh, they just carry themselves with a bit of uh, pride. Uh, I don't consider myself the typical uh, Marine Corps personality. But it, it's just something that always attracted me. I, I, I wanted 
a part of what I consider one of the best uh, uh, military services in in the world. And so I, that's, that's kind of why I chose the Marines and saw it as no other no other way. My son went into the recruiter. I guess he had a meeting set up with the Air Force guy, and uh, he ended up talking to the Navy guy. And he talked him into, uh, I guess he told him about the uh, rescue swimmer thing. So my son is actually an air rescue swimmer. No kidding. Yes, sir. So, I mean, he's, he's a tough guy. Everybody I've talked to said that's really tough to go through. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the uh, toughest jobs in the entire uh, United States military, regardless of branch of service. Very impressive. So did you grow up in uh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, I grew up in the um, just just south of Philadelphia, uh, Drexel Hill, which is in uh, let's see, it's very close to 69th Street in Philadelphia, and so Upper Darby area. That's kind of where I uh, grew up. Grew up playing baseball in Havertown, which is a town over, and uh, yeah. So, but I'd like to claim Philly as my own. Everybody understands that, except for somebody who's actually from. Uh, I guess one town north and actually from Philadelphia. <laughs> oh yeah. So, um, so you played baseball in high school. So the problem with me is I wasn't very good. As soon as people started pumping in like the mid eighties, I couldn't hit anything, <laughs> and I could never hit. A, I could never hit a curveball to begin with. But yes, I did play in um, high school, mm-hmm. uh, and then I went to Penn State. I wasn't good enough to play ball at Penn State, unfortunately, uh, and, and it turned out I not only was I not good enough to play at Penn State, but I actually got cut from their club baseball team as well. So that gives you a level, an idea of the level of my skill set. Right. But uh, I'm very proud to say that Penn State has had me uh, at a number of their um, opening ceremonies and their uh, a couple of their games, and have, they've let me, uh, or rather not let me, but made me, Coach Cooper, Penn State head coach, has made me an honorary uh, Penn State baseball alumni. So that's about as close as I got to uh, an NCAA baseball career. So you had the love for the sport, and you weren't good enough to play, but you found a way to get in. Uh, that's kind of, yeah, that's a, it's, I mean, it's a great point. You, you brought up the economics thing at Penn State, and uh, when I got cut from Penn State's club team, I was like, man, dude, you love this game, you got to figure out a way to be a part of it, but how? And I was in an economic class with a professor who I really enjoyed. He's uh, Daniel Goldstein, and I actually took three different classes with him. Brilliant man, great statistician, um, and I had an advanced econometrics course with him, and in a probability problem, he was using Ryan Howard's probability of hitting a home run. And I was like, boom, this is it. Numbers are my way. Now, it took a while before I figured out exactly how I was going to parlay that into some sort of involvement with the game. It actually took Cliff Lee's uh, 2012 season, in which he went 6-9, which um, by any indication is not a great record. But as we know now, as the godfather, Brian Kenny, has taught us to kill the win. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did some research on Cliff Lee's season that year, and it turns out that he was pretty much Cliff Lee other than the record. And uh, he actually was the first pitcher to have at least 200 strikeouts and fewer than 30 walks in Cy Young in 1905. 
And I was like, this is cool. Let me um, call in the Philly Talk radio station. They used to call in with the moniker Dr. Burl. And uh, a, a friend and mentor of mine now, Glenn Macnow, who's a radio host in Philly, absolutely hated when I would call in. He would do anything to hang up on me. But <laughs> fortunately for me, his co-host uh, really enjoyed when I would call in. The only problem is I started calling in with these numbers. When you're on the radio, they don't want to necessarily talk numbers. Mm-hmm. So they would hang up on me. The irony now is I do a segment on Glenn's show uh, during the baseball season, and all we do is talk numbers. So uh, when I was getting hung up on the radio, I was like, I need to figure out how to share this information. And so what I did was create a Twitter account. Uh, much to my surprise, it, it took off, and that, that's really what started it all for me. Right, yeah. I, I was just checking yours out. You're sitting at... Uh over 53,000 followers right now. And you were just telling the story about Cliff Lee. And it reminded me of the of your last, I think it was your last story you wrote about Dave Steeb. Yeah, that's right. How, you were taught, you, it, it was very interesting about how close he was to getting the Cy Young. And this is how I understood it. If you kind of go with today with the war and all these different stats, he probably would have won it. He probably would have won three. To be yeah. Honest with you. Um, possibly even four. And I, I would go as far as to say definitely two. Right. Mm-hmm. And now if you look at Steve's career and by any indication in terms of what I consider these arbitrary benchmarks, he falls short. You know, nowhere near 3,000 strikeouts, even though he was a power pitcher. And uh, the, just over half the 300 wins. That was the benchmark for a century almost. And um, Steve just doesn't really get there. But we've learned, especially over the last decade, that maybe that's not what makes a Hall of Famer. And if you isolate Steve's prime and look at those seasons, you might say, oh, you know, maybe if he won a Cy Young Award during those periods. But who votes for the Cy Young Award? But the um, BZWA, the same people who are voting uh, for the Hall of Fame. And um, if uh, if Steve could have gotten their votes, if they had the information that exists today, uh, if he was a three-time Cy Young winner, three in a row, he very well may be a Hall of Famer today. And um, my, my contention is that uh, you really can't look at a guy's body of work in hindsight and be like, well, he didn't win the Cy Young award if you would vote for him for the Cy Young Award today. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that's the case with Steve. Now, I'm not, Cy Young Awards are not, I'm not prepared that Steve was a Hall of Famer, but um, I I definitely think he deserves some more consideration than the seven Hall of Fame votes that he received. Right. I was checking out some some of his stats. His stats were were all better than the the guy that won, except for the win loss. It was that win loss record to me, and maybe the strikeout. I don't know. I think the strikeouts were pretty good compared to those guys. Uh, the innings were high, but I, I just found it very interesting. So if anyone's not following you, I'm definitely going to tag you on this when I release the podcast. But I mean, it's it's really interesting. Anytime I follow someone new, I kind of scroll down and check all their stuff out, but. You're definitely, I'm definitely glad I found you to follow. Um, I appreciate that. 
So another thing, I just want to ask you this real quick. You're a Pennsylvania guy. How did you have this period where you're covering the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> That's great. Um, so all of my jobs have gotten in sports. I work for NBC Sports, the Sporting News, and then also the Buffalo News of Geomatics Uncovered. Uh, all of them have been situations in which I was approached and asked to uh, uh, write for uh, whomever. And NBC Sports being the first one, uh, they reached out to me and they asked me if I would, you know, do what I do by the numbers, but in article form. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was kind of like, absolutely not. You know, I'm not a writer. I, I don't want to do that. I, I'll just give your, you know, your writers, your professionals, um, the information that I put out, and then just use that. And they're like, nah, you know, we would like it from the source. And I was very against this because I don't fancy myself much of a writer. Mm-hmm. And um, and they were persistent. And, they really convinced me when they were like, all right, look, well, we got great editors, you know, we can <laughs> polish a turd, basically. They didn't use those words. They were much kinder than that. Right. But um, I decided to give it a shot. I wrote uh, two pieces for the NBC Sports and then eventually took a job at the Sporting News, who I wrote for, for I don't know, three, four years. During that period, I had a uh, uh, gentleman reach out to me asking me if I would consider... Uh, writing for the Buffalo News, and I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Thinking he meant baseball, right? Yeah. And then he tells me for the Buffalo Bills, and I was like, "Oh, dude, I I don't really do football." <laughs> and he was like, "Well, you know, can you can you take a phone call and you know hear what we have to offer and what we're looking for?" And I said, "Sure," because I was uh, raised by my father to you know if somebody makes you it's kind enough to make you some sort of offer at least give them the courtesy of a conversation right right and so i took the i took the phone call and he told me he was like i follow you on twitter and um i really love what you do in baseball i want you to do that for the buffalo bills and i was like i gotta be honest i i don't really care about the buffalo bills and he was like i you know i get that but i think you have a unique perspective and it's something that um we would like at the Buffalo News. And I was like, I really appreciate it, but, you know, I'm not interested. And uh, he was like, I, you know, I understand. And uh, a couple days later, he called me back, and he was like, uh, you know, what if we can offer you this? And I said, again, you know, I really appreciate the, the kind offer, but I'm just not interested in covering the bills. Mm-hmm. Again, he uh, called me back, and uh, they made me a very nice offer to do what I do in baseball for the bills. And uh, uh, the offer was nice enough to make me feel like, yo, I love the bills. So yeah. I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and do this, and uh, it's uh, kind of funny because none of what I've done in baseball or even football has really been for uh, uh, monetary purposes. It's, it's an unforgiving business. But at the time, I was in the uh, Marine Corps. I wasn't making very much money, and uh, during my period that I covered the Bills, I was actually being paid more to write about the Bills an hour a day. Than I was working for Uncle Sam, you know, hmm. 10 to 12 hours a day. Oh, so you're doing both of these at the same time. Right, right. I, I, I'm a, a guy who sleeps about four hours a night. I, I, the way I see it is if I sleep four hours a night, I get I get uh, 60 more days a year than everybody else who's sleeping eight. So uh, that's, uh, that's the time I, I was using to write about the pills. So what came first? Doing a podcast or writing or co-authoring this book you uh, were part of? 
so it, it started with uh, the, I guess, the order of operations where um, Twitter, well, stats, then Twitter, then writing, then writing a book, and then the, uh, the show. Okay. So you co-authored the book, Incredible Baseball Stats, the coolest, strangest stats and facts in baseball history. And I would assume this book would be something a lot of people would like nowadays because baseball is very stat driven. Um, can you tell me a little bit how you got started with the idea or how this came about? Yeah, so my, uh, well, first my co-author, Kevin Reeby, was obviously an integral part of the book. The guy's a great writer. I'm pretty good by the numbers. So Kev kind of uh, was in there as our, uh, not only did he co-author the book, but he was a huge part in editing it cleaning up my messes. Um, and then he's also made himself into a pretty good stat guy himself. But um, what happened was I, I had all of this research and information that has only been put out in tweet. And now that I'm a, a quote-unquote professional writer, I'm like, hmm. I, I have the arrogance about me to think that, hey, maybe I could write a book. And my roommate at the time had a friend who had written a book called... Uh, this day in Philadelphia sports history. And I continually asked my roommate, I was like, hey, you got to step me up with your, your friend. I, I'm interested in writing a book, and uh, I want to talk to his publisher. And Kev, honestly, wasn't very interested in talking to me. He was like, yeah, you know, this guy does stats on Twitter. That's kind of cool. And uh, Kev and I finally met. And uh, we met for what was intended to be a burger and a beer. We ended up having like nine beers and just talking numbers all night. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was fascinated by the idea so much so that he wanted to be a part of the project. And I'm, I was all for help. Kevin and I hit it off right away. We were great friends from the start. I'm actually in his wedding next year. And um, uh, that's kind of how all that came to fruition. So one thing I noticed is uh, it said it was forwarded by Hall of Famer Wade Boggs. And also Astros pitcher Lance McCullers Jr. How did that happen? So the first book was forwarded by Wade Boggs and then updated in the second one for Boggsy and then McCullers forwarded second. How we got Boggsy was uh, Wade uh, is a staunch supporter of the armed services. His father was a United States Marine during World War II and fought at Guadalcanal. Now, the fascinating thing about Bogsy's father is mm. he was just 16 years old when he left for the Marine Corps. And then after the Marines, uh, he served in the Air Force for 24 years and retired with the rank of Master Sergeant. And uh, so when I got myself to about 15,000 followers, I, I was like, you've got 15,000 people listening to you, man. You should probably try to do something good with this. And so I wanted to do a fundraiser for veterans in need. And I found the Semper Five Fund. And uh, I was like, man, if I can get everybody who follows me to donate a dollar, then that's 15 grand to help out veterans in need. Mm -hmm. And when I ran this first fundraiser, it only raised 500 bucks. And I was pretty disappointed. Of course, it's better than nothing. But I was just disappointed because I thought I could have a bigger impact than that. So when I went and did the second one, I reached out to Wade and I said, um, hey, you know, Miss Boggs, I know that uh, you're hugely connected with the uh, military. He's done USO deployments himself. And uh, 
I, I know that you know you're really proud of all the all that your father did serving this country. I told him about my fundraiser, and I asked if, um, if he would sign a few baseballs uh, at my expense uh, to help out the cause. And he was like, "Sure, you know, Ryan, whatever you need, let me know." Gave his personal information in a direct message, and uh, so I, from there he helped out. The second fundraiser raised fifty five hundred bucks, so elevenfold it increased just by having the support of the great Wade box. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward, our publisher is on us to get a uh, uh, somebody to forward this book, and they don't just want anybody. They want a major league ball player and a very, you know, well-recognized name. Kevin is on me. He's like, dude, you got to ask Wade Box. And I'm like, Kev, go to hell. There's no way. I already asked Wade for a favor. I don't <laughs> ask people for two favors. That's not me. There's no way I'm doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we get closer to the deadline, and the publisher is like, hey, if we don't have somebody, we're going to push this back. And so we thought about asking Kurt Schilling, who I'm – I, I have somewhat of a relationship with. Now, I don't need to tell you, Kurt is not the most popular man in the world. Right. Um, in fact, uh, he's considered by some to be a kind of an asshole, right? <laughs> and so we thought maybe it wasn't the best idea. Uh, and people might actually not buy the book just because Kurt Schilling had done the forward. Right. And so finally I caved and I decided to ask Wade. I sent him this really long email about how we're going to get his number retired because at the time it wasn't. Um, and we're going to paint him in this great light because that's exactly what a first ballot Hall of Famer needs because he's not, his career wasn't good enough. And um, fortunately for me, within 10 minutes, he responds to my email. And I, bear in mind, I sent him about 1,400 words. Mm-hmm. All he responded back was with, hey, Ryan, I hope you're well. Sure, I'll do it. Wait. And... From that, we got weight box for the, um, the the first book. Now, I'm a firm believer that when you know, I, I in altruism, right? And, and and I honestly, when I went into the thing with the Semper Five Fund, I really wasn't looking to get anything out of it. I, I have a great appreciation for the military. I always have, long before I was a member of it. And I just wanted to do some good for people who served the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I also find that when you go into something with uh, genuine, I, I, I don't want to call myself selfless or anything, but you go in something with a, a genuine desire to help others, it usually comes back to you tenfold, right? right. And that's what happened here. Wait, so from here, just because I got Wade Boggs involved with a, a little fundraiser that I was doing, I ended up getting him a Hall of Famer to forward my first book. And now, um, fast forward for the second one. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr. and I have been friends for about four years now. And he's a guy uh, who you as an Astros fan, I'm sure you know, he really appreciates the numbers. He likes advanced metrics. He likes saber metrics. He likes statistics. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess out of, out of nowhere, a couple of years ago, he started following me and checking out some of the stuff and shooting me a message every once in a while and like asking me, yo, how do I look on this and how do I look on that? And we just started talking baseball and I, I always tell people, uh, especially when I'm talking to ball players, I don't consider myself really a journalist or a media person or even an author, right? I, I'm a ball player. I just suck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I genuinely, there generally relate pretty well with these guys. Uh, it, after a little while, as you can imagine, they're, they're generally a little hesitant to trust the uh, people from 
the media, and that's not to say that all people from the media are bad or anything, but some don't have the best of intentions, right? Yeah. And uh, it wasn't, it didn't take long for uh, Lance to realize that, you know, ah, this, I guess he's a pretty good dude. And we were talking baseball for a very long time at this point, And he knew that I was in the Marine Corps. And, and one day after their uh, July, he pitched on a July 4th game. And they wear those, you know, military uniforms and everything. And he just shoots me a message after one of the games. Or, excuse me, I shot him a message because he had an 11 strikeout, seven inning pitch game. And I think I had an awesome game today. Really cool uh, stuff. Awesome to watch with uh, my pops on uh, July 4th. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, Yeah, what's your address? I, I'd like to send you something. And I'm like, Dude, you're not supposed to send me anything. And he goes, No, 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 just send me your address. And the dude sent me his baseball cast from that game. Then on it, he wrote, hey, Ryan, uh, you know, honored to call you a friend. Um, thank you for your service. You know, all that, you know, stuff that people say to military people who probably oftentimes don't deserve to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like me, I'm not saying anybody else. <laughs> but uh, uh, I just really appreciated this gesture. It was such a cool thing. And honestly, had he not signed it to me directly, I, I probably would have just used it for my fundraiser annually. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.